some of them might think that oh i'm not maybe i'm not this for this like course i need to to shift because this is not my interest but my parents wanted me to take this when it comes to life asking the right questions is what helps us grow hello and welcome to the curiosities of an ex-teen where we will be answering the question marks about the realities of life wanting to live life to the fullest with meaning and happiness Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Curiosities of an Ex-Teen. I am Patrick, the creator and host for this podcast. And we got a special guest tonight. He is a really good friend of mine. We've known each other for about three years now, I would say. And this guy is beloved by a lot of student leaders and youth leaders in Cebu. He is the CEO of UILCPH Incorporated which stands for United Young Leaders Coalition of the Philippines, which I am affiliated of. We have here Mel Muzon. Hi, Mel. Hi, Pat. Thank you so Good much evening. for having me in your show. Yeah, thank you very much for also um, accepting my invitation. So um, so nice to have you here and yeah, be one of the first guests. So how have you been doing lately? Lately, we have been doing a lot of projects mm-hmm. and because it's we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's very uh, stressful to do project with just a monitor in front of you and doing everything remotely. You can't even see the people you're working with. It's like working with ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because um, lately, I've been also like like you, we've also been suffering from distant learning. Me and myself here when I'm in Japan, like I can't also go to the universities for physical classes. So we stayed here in our apartments, do just face the monitor all time. And sometimes, I don't know, but it sometimes makes me less productive. Anyway, could you tell us more about what you do and um, what does the UILCPH do? Yeah, uh, United Young Leaders Coalition Incorporated was already there last 2017. And Mm -hmm. what we do is we provide research development and we help youth development by getting student leaders, helping them manage and execute their plans, ideas and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. we also support student leaders from different universities for their political parties. We help them with their campaign in winning the elections and as well as helping them brand themselves as to who they want to be and what they should become Mm -hmm. as leaders. So you mentioned earlier about helping and supporting some student political groups in universities. Mm -hmm. Do we have organizations or student council that's part of the UILC? We actually don't partner with student councils because mm. that's not allowed with their constitution. But what we do is we help political parties run for student councils. Currently, we have one from San Carlos, USC, mm. and two from USJR. Mm. Yeah. So by helping, you mean doing trainings? Trainings helping them with their branding, making sure that their platforms are aligned with what the society and community is looking for. Mm. Just a quick question. What made you decide to 
have this kind of NGO? So basically, when I was still what, 15, I was already mm -hmm. SK, as part of Sangguniang Kabatangan. Wow. And I've, I've already been, uh, what do you call this, exposed with with different civic leadership, mm. with different uh, projects for the community. Yeah, and so I think it was 2016 when Virgilio and Daniel told me that, hey, let's let's gather up and create an organization. So I said, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I haven't done that before. <laughs> so <laughs> why, why, not, why not do it, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a wonderful yeah. thing. Thankfully, we have been doing this for years. And mm. it's, it's just been this year during the pandemic that we really went you know, full throttle. This is what they say. Mm. The episode that we'll be talking here about career plans while in college and then mm -hmm. seeing you as a successful CEO of a functioning and a, a very active youth organization. Maybe you could also help the listeners answer some of these curiosities. So we have here five questions or five curiosities about um, career plans. Number one, is there a standard plan for a college student to prepare after graduation? <laughs> That's actually very weird because I already have my startup before I finished college so oh I, I really can't say whether there is because the moment when you start preparing yourself uh the, the moment when you will only prepare when you're about to graduate already that's already very late mm -hmm. because there are always people who have been there who have been long prepared and they're willing to grab that opportunity whenever they can and you're just out there still preparing yourself while others are already will willing to get the opportunity willing to get to uh will willing to get everything and you're still right there waiting for yourself it doesn't really make sense yeah. so i would i would really suggest and advise people to just you know uh prepare ahead of time maybe on you're on your third year already it, I, I guess it makes more sense that way because basically most of the people i mean most of the college students nowadays are really having troubles with thinking about the future they um, some of them might think that oh i'm not maybe i'm not this for this like course i need to to shift because this is not my interest, but my parents wanted me to take this is because they think that I would have a much better future of it. So in that particular sense, should there be standard to, to settle this kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, actually, our members talk to me about that. We usually have conversations on that stuff. And I always tell them to ask their parents as to what they're standing is to their family are their families expecting them to be able to give them money mm -hmm. or you know uh get them out of poverty or are their families are well oiled that they can afford to just say hey go out there and chase your 
passion mm. because not everyone can afford that and of course you have to be able to you know measure yourself and ask yourself whether where you stand in because what if your families are expecting you to pay for your siblings tuition fees or your electricity at home rent at home or whatever mortgage that you guys have you should be able to ask your parents as to what where you stand in because if whether whether you like it or not that's the reality of life i mean you really exactly. have to help your family a little bit whether you like it or not and that's where you know decent dialogue with your parents or families would make sense yeah on that point um i also think that we as asians we have also this kind of um um tradition we're in after we graduate we need to bring back things or bring back the the cake to our family so on that note let's go on to the question number 2 on how do we plan our career yeah again first if you'd like you 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 should be asking your parents whether what they want from you you know if they want you to take them out of poverty or if they just allow you to trace your uh ambitions in life because at the end of the day we're Asians <laughs> exactly we're Asians looking at, Asians. Looking, at the, looking at this from the Philippine context life is really hard and sometimes sometimes people live from paycheck to paycheck and they can't just afford to go out there and you know chase their dreams because there are bills to be paid there are mouths to be fed and you should be able to temper your expectations if your family would tell you that hey we expect you to do this we expect you to do that because we are poor then you better understand the situation i have to be very honest mm. with you yeah uh, ch- yep. chasing your dreams is a very you know western mentality it is a very american mentality and <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that yeah but if you are in a third world country just like in the philippines that kind of mindset doesn't make sense mm-hmm. you are you're just putting your family's future in suicide did you experience that kind of um, that kind of situation in your i never did <laughs> oh. <laughs> to be very honest <laughs> uh, i never ex- experienced that type of situation because i can say that we are kind of well off but there are few, few people or not, even more who are not you know not that lucky in their lives who are not that well off that they really have to live from paycheck to paycheck and that's a different thing and i also understand the hustle you know yeah could understand the hustle right all right so let's go to the third question here the question mm-hmm. is how relevant or practical does the curriculum on higher education in applying it to the real world let's say for instance in the in, in the context of the philippines it's actually very funny because i have startups right and we hire fresh graduates and we give them exams and it's very funny that <laughs> around 80% of them can write english essays A lot of them don't know even know how to use Microsoft Excel, PowerPoint. They faint at the idea of VLOOKUPs. Really? And I have no idea why. <laughs> look at that. Okay. And I know a lot of marketing graduates who cannot use Photoshop. I know a lot of marketing graduates who don't know how 
to use uh what do you call this facebook ad manager and th those are very important skills that you need to have especially in my context that we do digital marketing a lot mm. so yeah i always believe that philippine curriculum has always been on a catch up with the industry and the saddest part about this is that the catch up always happens really late Mm -hmm. Like when they say catch up, they really need have to catch up. Exactly. <laughs> it's not even like just one step need needed, mm -hmm. but it's just like 20 steps needed. And it's very frustrating. I have to be very honest with you because there are so, so many people here. There are so many graduates every year, but we are very hesitant to recruit and hire all of them because there's always that skills mismatch. And I believe that the issue stems with how the curriculum is made hmm. and how a lot of schools and universities have already, you know, skimmed up on their budget and just get fresh graduates to teach stuff that are needed to be taught by professionals and pros. And what happens is that we produce graduates who know nothing. <laughs> you know, you know. Exactly. In that kind of perspective also, I, I also realized that um, some of the curriculums or maybe most curriculums that's used in the higher education now are a bit outdated. Because if we try to look at the scope, especially in the Philippines or even in the world, we're trying to you know globalize and into a more high-tech um, world, right? Yeah, I always believe that public schools here in the Philippines have not really been given that much of budget. So usually people enroll on private universities and how do they make money? They insert subjects that doesn't make sense. You know, what I mean? <laughs> they, they try to cramp up a lot of units that don't make sense. So what they do is so what they do is that they keep on adding and adding and adding and adding subjects and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. They're very stupid, to be very honest with you. <laughs> I have seen marketing curriculum that do not include digital marketing, but they have a lot of business theories and it doesn't make sense because when you're out there, if you try to execute your plans, for marketing, say that you are going to work for an advertising agency. Hmm. Business administration's theories and concepts do not make sense. They are not applicable at all. What we want is that you are able to do Photoshop. You are you, you know how to use Adobe. You know how to use Microsoft Office. You have basic idea on how to do storyboard, color grading, and all of those stuff. And sad to say, those type of things are not taught in marketing classes. And it's very frustrating because there's so much, there's this desperate need for talent, but the schools who are trying to train, uh, I say trying because they are just trying, they're not doing you know, the good thing, who are just trying to teach them are skimping so much on budget and they want to maximize their uh, profit margin. So they, they put a lot of subjects, they... Mm or teachers who, who do not have experience on those kinds of topics and those kinds of industry. And what happens? Graduates learn nothing. Mm. They, don't do, they don't know how to do stuff. And it frustrates us. 
I think in the industry. Exactly. Because I also think that that kind of perception, in my case, and some of my friends even tell me that the teachings, I would say, they lose their interest. So don't you think that it could also be one of the possibilities why students become less aware or less prepared for their career? I always believe that it works both ways that you need good curriculum and as well as good teachers. And again, let me repeat to the point that schools are skimping a lot of budget. Mm. Uh, I have known a lot of business classes Mm -hmm. where teachers don't have businesses. They're fresh graduates. And what do they know about business if they just graduated? So it doesn't make sense, right? It's it's, It's like letting a fine arts graduate teach Paul side political science it really doesn't make sense the 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 teacher who's supposed to facilitate the learning does not have enough in-depth knowledge in the industry they don't have enough experience on how things work and it's very frustrating because the schools are trying to skimp so much on budget private mean private schools how much Mm -hmm. are they paying 250 pesos per hour it doesn't really make sense it's so low it doesn't really attract the best teachers around so what happens the best teachers just don't want to teach they just want to stay in the industry Hmm. and imagine 250 pesos that's just like five dollars per hour exactly (laughs) when you come think of it uh five dollars is nothing when you're in the industry and When you're a teacher, $5 an hour, it's not just an hour because you have to prepare your PowerPoint. You have to calculate, compute their grades. You always have to reply to your students if they have questions. Mm -hmm. So $250, I mean, 250 pesos or $5 per hour, it, it starts to not make sense. It starts to lose its value once you try to look at it from a very close perspective. Mm, Yeah. Um, since you mentioned about, um, you mentioned about salaries, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned about uh, those um, um, salary rates, which is good is because um, our fourth question relates about uh, salary rates. The question is, is it ideal to consider financial leverage or salary rates when planning your future career? Of course. <laughs> it's very important because you have to try to look at it from this perspective your education is your investment to yourself and how do you get an ROI how do you compute return and investment you have to take a look at your future career perspectives how much you will be paid how much you should be getting and if it starts to not make sense then go stop and don't take that course you know what pero, I mean? yeah but what if let's say i am an aspiring artist like mm-hmm. i i I'm, i write songs i love singing i play musical instruments but my parents told me to go for being a lawyer because being a lawyer especially in the philippines would give you bigger opportunities and higher salary rates so in that sense what should i consider like should i go to to my career my passion of being an artist or should I go to the advice of my parents to go for being a lawyer? I have always advised people this way. If you are very 
passionate on something, go look at your education as a fallback option. Mm-hmm. It should be. Say, for example, you have already pursued your singing career. Mm-hmm. You should be able to have a degree to back it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, art is not a stable industry. I know because I'm in advertising. Mm-hmm. One day you are very, very valuable and the next day you won't be. So you have to take a look at your person. You have to take a look at this on this perspective. What if my singing career doesn't make sense and it starts to crumble and I fail? So what's my backup plan? Right? Mm-hmm. Education should be your backup plan so that when something happens, you have something to latch on. Mm-hmm. And you won't be left out there very broke and penniless. I see. Because I also have heard some stories like, you know, um, not to judge other influencers because so, some of them also says that, you know, you, you need to, to, to come up with what you love, what um, your real passion is because it, what, it will make you successful at the end of the day. Because success is something that you are satisfied of what you have regardless of how large salary you get something like that so when you told me about fallback it makes sense because all this time i've been thinking that um i need to commit to it that after i graduate i should work on that kind of field because i think also aside from me most of the most of the students or most of the college college students are thinking of that way and there are only less people who thought of that kind of reason we're in they're just make a security out of um, their career once they graduate. Yeah, and I mean, if you try to take a look at the industry, mm-hmm. the people who say that you need to follow your passion, they're yeah. the most established one. And, you know, uh, luck doesn't happen every day. Not everyone can be very successful. and when you try to look at those small influencers who fail and don't have degree or haven't really studied or don't have a fallback plan like a business they just went away had nothing Hmm. you should should be able to plan yeah exactly there should be also always be a plan B Yeah, plan B. And if you have C, D, E, F, G, H, I, you should. Because life is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Once, once it sees that you fail, it likes to see you fail. <laughs> so when you were college, did you thought of these kind of plan already? Or it just um, came up after you graduate? Or um, have you, when you when experienced... I, when, I in, when I was still in college, I was already laser focused to work in mm. Even on my first year, that's mm-hmm. what I really wanted in my life, and I was still like it. I was like, I really want to ever, in I really want to work in advertising. This is what I really want in my life. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, because not all students um, enter college having the laser focus or that kind of focus as you are or as we are. So, um, in that sense, um. What do you think should these um, individuals should look forward or try to like make an inspiration out of it? Because um, when, when I entered college, honestly, 
I didn't know what my plan is, but as I slowly adapt to what I have right now, like in, I'm already in my second year in college, I'm slowly learning and slowly um, understanding what could be my, my possible career. And I'm trying to outline my, my structure. So even in, in my case, or even in, in some cases, especially in the context of the Philippines, there are people like, even in the third year, the fourth year, they still don't have a plan. So yeah, because the, I have to be very honest with you, it's a cultural thing. Here in the Philippines, students are very pampered. Like mm-hmm. when you give them 10 assignments a day, they cry. And when once you try to look at Japan, go ask your you go ask your classmates how many assignments they've had every day. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's more than that. But mm-hmm. they never cried. it's a cultural thing that students here in the Philippines have been babied so much that uh, lenience has been given a lot they have been understood in their decisions and it already came to a point where school is just a playground Mm. nobody's taking school seriously Mm. and I could relate to that because I also never took my education in the first years Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I could really I could really say. I could really say. I mean uh, it, you you become it, successful it, right now. Yeah, because it, it it took me two failures in my PE subject to take it up seriously. PE subjects? <laughs> you failed PE subjects? I mean uh, to be fair, the classes <laughs> are all in Basak and I'm from okay. Cordoba. It's a three hour commute every day. And it starts to get very tiring. Mm-hmm. So I uh, let me just you skip classes. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I I I could really say because I've been that way before. I have to be very honest with you. Students have been given so much lenience here in the Philippines. Mm. Yeah. If we if we could just try to look at it from a perspective where students take their studies seriously, mm-hmm. I guess it would make more sense that they would be very focused on what they really want and they wouldn't know what they really want. Yeah. All right. Let's go into the last question. So the last question here is, how different is loving your work with passion and hardworking for the sake of promotion? I always tell my employees to just take their jobs as jobs. (laughs) You know what I mean? What do you mean just by that? Job. Just do your job. If you want to go extra, then you will get paid. You will get paid extra. Do not even try to put your job as your attitude or as your personality because at the end of the day, every one of us is replaceable. So if we could just do our job, hmm. if we could just, if you, want, if you want to go beyond what's expected from us, we should be paid more. It's always like that. Mm. I really don't suggest. I mean, there, there's this, there's this new culture of hustle hard, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it it gives a slippery slope for abuse from employees. That to the point that they always tell their employees to hustle hard, do a lot of stuff, and that opens a lot of avenue for abuse. Mm. And I don't want that to happen to everyone. 
good thing about um good thing about UILC it's because you you are doing that kind of um that kind of like treatment to your employees or even the members but yeah um well we 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 both know that um in the corporate world it's a kind of different situation yeah i mean the perspective comes from the corporate world i also i, I have startups <laughs> that's what i that's what i tell my employees at future kids Mm-hmm. and at Ape the Monkey that you should only do your job don't do more than that if you do more than that you should be able to get paid more and if you're not then don't you know what I'm saying yeah I mean once once we as bosses personally I I, I own an ad agency and my, my people I always tell them that as a boss it's my responsibility to make sure that everyone is able to hit the target And I don't expect you to hit more than that. If I do, I would ask you. And yeah. I would also pay you more. Because I just don't want to create... I just want to stop this culture and cycle of abuse on employees. Because we have always made them believe that there's this hustle hard mentality. And they should be able to give themselves more than what's expected from them. Yeah. And it opens a lot of doors of mm-hmm. abuse. And I just don't want that to happen internally. Right. Well, that was that was an amazing um, input that you gave us because um, at least now this uh, well, primarily I haven't mentioned this by the way that uh, this first curiosity about college plan is my personal curiosity, and then having this kind of discussion with you already gives me an enlightenment and already gives me some guidelines as to what should I look forward in my career plans. So. Thank you very much, Nell, for sharing that kind of thing. So before we before we end, uh, do you want to give at least a bit of tip to the listeners, especially to college students who are having troubles with planning their career after college? Yeah, the biggest advice I could give them is if you don't plan now, then when? Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you don't want to plan now, then when? Yeah. Uh, would you like to be on the last part of the pack? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Okay. Thank you very much for for having for accepting again my invitation. And okay. then maybe you wanted to um to promote your organization at our nonprofit. We do a lot of fundraisings. It's on facebook.com/uilcph. Mm. And it's ready. It's all. It's all there. I really appreciate this time, Pat. I've been talking to a lot of students lately. I have to be very honest. With you. It starts to get very boring. And good yeah. thing that you start the conversation. That's one of the reasons why also I started having podcasts is because um like quarantine life and then being stuck with um only looking at uh, at the monitor of your laptop is kind of stressful for me so i wanted to talk to people i wanted to make a discussion out of it so <laughs> that's pretty much for this episode the curiosities of about career plans in uh, while in college so catch up for the next episode and we'll see you then